Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. With me on the phone this morning, I have Sarah Perot. She is a senior editor of the Old Farmer's Almanac. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. How are you? I am doing great. I assume you're in probably New York or someplace, correct? Or am I wrong? Oh, you got the new right. I'm in New Hampshire. Oh, well, out east then, out on the east coast. Well, one of the things that the Old Farmer's Almanac has been doing for many, many, many years is talking about the weather. And, of course, in Minnesota, maybe New Hampshire as well. One of our favorite things to do is talk about the weather because it's just a thing that's a safe topic, right? <laughs> right. I mean, everybody wants, everybody has weather, so it's a common ground. Yeah. So how long has the Good Old Farmer's Almanac been doing these predictions and looking at weather trends and that sort of thing? Uh, this is our 232nd consecutive year in print, so we've been Ooh. doing it for quite a while. That's why we're the old Farmer's Almanac. Gotcha, instead of the new. Well, let's talk about weather trends over the years. You know, we on this show we talk about climate change and things like that, and do you have any broad look at the weather? I mean, we're talking 230-some years of looking way back till today. Um, well, this year we're actually featuring featuring an article about the oceans, uh, aptly named Current Events, <laughs> which is kind of explaining how um, ocean currents affect the weather, um, the position of the ocean current, the direction that it's swirling, everything affects Earth, and um, I think everybody kind of needs to learn a little bit about it so that we can do our best to combat what's going on in the atmosphere right now. Well, let's talk about that. It says, uh, what about the oceans? What What is the important thing why we need to know about them for weather? Well, um, Earth is a complex system, right? And so our oceans and our land and our atmosphere, they're all interacting to sustain life on our planet. Uh, So any change in one of those systems is going to impact the others. And we've uh, learned through study that the ocean currents are shifting. Um, And what that means is uh, the position of an ocean current can determine where moisture in the atmosphere is and how much of it there is and where it goes. And this is why we're seeing a lot of wild weather lately. It's not the only reason, but it's one of the deciding factors on why weather has been uh, quite a topic over the last year. Is it oh, is the ocean warming? We talk about, you know, the earth warming, and, and is that why the currents are changing? Is that part of the, the thought process? Well, the water that's flowing into the deepest parts of the ocean is getting, is you're right, it's getting warmer due to the warming atmosphere. It's also fresher because, um, well, that's due to ice melting, which we know about. And these two things change the water density, and consequently, that changes the circulation of the currents. And so from this, the Old Farmer's Almanac makes predictions based on these all these weather trends and, and things. And who does that? I mean, is there a bunch of meteorologists that that are on the staff, or do you consult with others? Or I'm just curious, you know, how does you become, as the Old Farmer's Almanac, become the expert in this particular area? Sure. Um, First, I'll tell you that the Oceans article was written by an assistant professor of uh, oceanography. Okay. 
at Brown University. I, I'm not an ocean expert. <laughs> certainly <laughs> okay. not. Um, and then our, our weather forecasts are put together by um, two meteorologists that we work with regularly. So uh, we are going to the experts to help us learn more and become the source that you want to go to when you need to know about weather. How has it changed through the years? You mentioned you go back 230 years. Do you Can you go back and look to say, did they, I mean, look at the same data? Was it, has it increased because of um, technology, that sort of thing? Uh, well, the formula that was put together back in 1792 when the first issue came out was based on the uh, three scientific disciplines, which are solar science, meteorology, and climatology, which is just uh, the study of weather systems, the study of the atmosphere, and the study of activity on the sun. So we're still doing that, uh, but obviously now we've got state-of-the-art technology to help us enhance that formula. So we're still using the old, but improving with the new. Now, most weather forecasters would probably tell you chances are they're about 50-50 right, 50-50 wrong. Do you have any statistics that show have you typically been more right than wrong? Um, do you have anything looking back over the years, perhaps? Uh, we do crunch the numbers every uh, year once the seasons are over. Our meteorologists, they... Um, check the averages in the different regions. We cover 18 regions of the United States. And then the numbers come out in the following year's almanac. We traditionally are around 80% accurate for the U.S. Um, last year. Hmm. We're a little bit below that with a 70% accuracy. So 80%, that's actually, you know, considering is not too bad. Well, of course, we live in the Midwest here in Minnesota. And I'm just curious, you know, one of the things is predictions for the weather and winter's coming up. So could you give us some thoughts on what is the winter in 2024 looking like? Sure, absolutely. In your area of the country, we're predicting that winter temperatures are going to be below normal. Uh, some of your coldest periods are going to be throughout the month of December, early and late January, and then again in early February. Um, snowfall and precipitation will be above normal. Uh, you can expect some really snowy conditions in mid to late December mid-January and early February, and then I was looking ahead, and I noticed that in the April summaries, there's also snow mentioned as far out as April. Oh, okay. Well, we kind of had a, <laughs> a late spring this year as well. So as far as temps, you mentioned colder. How cold? Do you get specifics like that at all? Well, we give you an average for the month. So I can tell you that um, your average temperature for January would be around 8 degrees, which is 5 below the average. Um, that, that's quite a bit colder yeah. than what you're used to. And then for the month of February, we're predicting it's going to be about four below average, and so an average temperature throughout the month about eight degrees, and then <laughs> warm way up to 25 degrees in March. <laughs> you aren't making me real happy. <laughs> well, I figure where you live, you must be used to that, right? I mean, we're used to it in New England. Yeah, yeah, we we know it. How about our temps and uh, you know going into the fall? How are they looking? You know, we've had some like this week. We're going to get this weekend, the Labor Day weekend. We're going to be in the one hundreds, which for us is not pleasant because we have a lot of humidity. So, what are we looking like for the fall? Well, luckily, the fall, uh, probably near normal temperatures, with the, I would say, with the exception of what's coming your way right now, but that would we'll still consider that summer. Um, and then uh, below normal precipitation. So you might need to be watering any plants you've got left over. You might have to give them some additional water. You can't count on Mother Nature. Oh, we've had a drought. This is our third year in a drought. So what are we looking at in terms of um, precipitation amounts over the next, you know, how far do you go out, a year or something like that? 
Um, well, we again, like the temperatures, we give you an average. So um, you're going to be just about an inch below average, which is a lot if you're already in a drought. Yes. So that's not great news. How about the winter? What are we expecting? Oh, in the winter, what did we say? Precipitation was going to be above normal. So you'll make up for it in the winter. By how much? <laughs> oh, by how I can, well, again, I can't say exactly. Well, let's see, January looks like average precipitation and then one inch above average in February and then an inch and a half above average in March and then uh, one inch above in April. So a little bit more than you're used to, but not by tremendous amounts. Now we're talking about the, the Midwest now. How about the United States as a whole? Are there some areas that are going to be Colder than normal, warmer than normal. What are we looking at for the upcoming predictions? Because, you know, we've had so many areas that have had those horrible fires because of the droughts, et cetera. Are we looking at more of that in the near future? Uh, well, for the winter, the map that we've put out is very white because most of the country is going to be cold and snowy, which is how we represent, uh, you know, winter weather. Uh-huh. Except for uh, the Pacific Northwest, it's going to be cold and dry, but then luckily it looks like California is going to be cool and wet, so maybe not so many fires. Uh, the southern portions of Texas and the Deep South are expecting mild and wet temperatures, but then uh, Florida is supposed to have a dry winter. Okay. How about Canada? We've been, I don't know about you in New Hampshire there, but we are getting so many weather-related poor uh, air quality because of all the fires and that coming down from Canada. How are they doing? Is it going to be another dry, fiery year? (laughs) Hopefully not, but what's it look like? I was going to say, if you thought that the U.S. map was covered in white, if you looked at the Canadian map, because we have an old Farmer's Almanac Canadian edition, uh, if you look at that map, almost the entire country is cold and snowy with a little bit less uh, of some mild and snowy over towards the um, eastern part of the the country. So we're looking at a deep freeze basically pretty much everywhere it's sounding Cold. Cold? Okay, you know, that kind of goes against the thing with when we say, you know, it's, it's global warming, but I know they, they talk about it being like a, a stamp in time, pretty much. Uh, how far out do you go with that, with your predictions? Uh, well, if you pick up the 2024 Almanac, the uh, predictions go out into the coming f- or the fall of October uh, 2024. All right, let's talk about so then what... Make- what are we looking at for spring and summer then? Because I'm hoping you're not going to tell me another drought, but I mean, obviously we know it's just predictions. So what are we looking at? It's just predictions. So spring temperatures are predicted to be below normal, but precipitation will also be below normal in oh. the eastern part of your region and near normal in the western part. And then summer is supposed to be warmer than normal with rainfall above normal in the east and below normal in the west. So we're hearing, uh, I don't like that, hearing that below normal. Did you say Midwest it's going to be below normal, too, in the temps, or the the um, precipitations? Uh, for the summer? Yeah, the spring and summer. Oh, spring and summer. We can do it again. Uh, so uh, spring temperatures will be below normal, and precipitation will be above normal in the east and normal in the west. And then in the summer, will be warmer than normal in your area, with rainfall above normal in the east and below normal in the west. But you didn't say what the, I was wondering the rainfall in our area, that kind of, you kind of went over, I didn't hear that part. Oh, well, it's above normal. Oh, really? Oh, well, that's good, because we certainly need that, and, and uh, certainly looking forward to that. What other sorts of things you look at in terms of weather with the old farmer's almanac and, and predictions and, and trends and that sort of thing? 
Well, another big part of the Old Farmer's Almanac is gardening. So um, we take the weather into account when we're putting out our growing charts. We have to check the frost and growing seasons for when people can plant and when people can harvest and that sort of thing. Um, But we also have gardening charts based on what's happening in the sky as far as, um, you know, moon signs and things of that nature. How accurate is that? I mean, I I don't know if I follow the moon stuff. I mean, I'm a gardener, but I've never actually thought that that was real. So could you talk a little bit about that? What is the, is there science behind that? Or is it just somebody saying, I think this is what's going to happen? I'm always curious how that works. Well, we have people who garden both ways, which is why we provide both, you know, by temperatures and then by the moon signs. We have an astrologer that we work with who provides that information, and the people who use that, they'll call us and tell us that we're spot on. I mean, I myself don't garden by the moon, but we have a lot of readers who do. What Do you know the reasoning behind that? I mean, I know you're not an astronomer, but maybe you've talked with, with them, and what is their thoughts on that? Oh, it's about the positions of the planets and the pull of the moon and all of that wonderful stuff that I am no expert on. Oh, okay. Because I know it, it's interesting because sometimes they say you should you should plant your onions today or you should castrate your bull on such and such a day. You know, just bizarre right. things. It all has to do with the placement. And then you've got, you know, people talk about Mercury being in retrograde. So we've got that in the book as well. Because... Some people, that's what they follow. But there's a big difference between astrology and astronomy. So yeah, that's it depends true. on um, how how you've been planting your garden all this time and what works for you. Okay, well, it, it, it certainly is interesting. I was always wondering how you decide what's in it because you've been here for 230 years. And, of course, the weather is always something people talk about and it's real popular. How do you determine with so much out there and now, of course, the Internet, what is important for people to look at? Is there like a study or something, or how does that happen? Actually, that's one thing that we talk about when the editors sit around and we start talking about the next issue. We're like, okay, we want something that you're not just going to go, you can find straight on the Internet. You know, we want to give you information that's different and new and quirky and fun and useful. Um, So we're always trying to fill a certain few categories. Like we're always going to have recipes for you. We're going to have gardening advice. Obviously the weather's going to be in there. But then, you know, we've got home remedies some years, and some years we've got nature articles. So it's just a smorgasbord of different things that all need to be useful with a pleasant degree of humor because that's what we're trying to do. So have through the years, has the readership gone down because of things like the Internet, do you know? Actually, our readership has gone up because we have more ways to connect with people thanks oh. to the Internet. We can, you know, we connect on Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram, and so people who may not have been familiar with us now know who we are, and when they see the yellow cover in the supermarket or the garden center, they recognize it and say, oh, I know them, and they pick it up. Are there any generalizations for gardening this year that are predicted in this year's issue for the coming year that you can talk about? Uh, Well, we're trying to encourage people to start planting native plants um, because a lot of times they adapt better to your climate, so they require less care. Um, And then we're trying to go along with the the movement of replacing your lawn with uh, ground covers and, again, native plants for pollinators because we're trying to welcome back pollinators. And who needs a lawn to take care of? All you do (laughs) is look at it. Nobody walks on it. So (laughs) let's plant something beautiful instead. 
I'm so glad you said that because that is something on this show we talk about all the time is going back to the natives because with the climate change, the natives are adapted to our area and are able to survive and not require so much input. So do you have special sections on like natives and pollinators this time at all? Um, Not this time, but uh, if you go to our website, almanac.com, we're always talking about uh, encouraging that sort of thing and, you know, where you are and what you should plant and how you should take care of it. And it's just, just, you know, a lot of uh, wealth of information at almanac.com. All right. You are the senior editor there, Sarah. So who do you go to for that type of advice? I'm just wondering because I myself am a master gardener, so, you know, I'm familiar with like a lot of the stuff around here. How do you get all that it's accurate for such a large audience? Uh, we do have a master gardener on uh, staff, so oh. we've got one right, you know, if we've got an immediate question, we can go right to her, but when we're asking people to put together articles, we are looking for people who are experts in their fields or in their region or, you know, part of um, gardening associations and things like that so that we know that they know what they're talking about. How far ahead do you look for planning, like, for the next year? Because, you know, you're covering, like you said, 230 years. Oh uh, yeah, it would just be for the year. So uh, in the 2023 almanac, you've got your gardening charts for the year 2023. In the 2024 almanac that just came out this week, you would have gardening advice for the entire year. And why did you pick oceans this year as the topic to just talk about the atmospheric moisture and how it's affecting our weather? I mean, I'm just wondering how you picked like these general topics. Uh, well, we knew we needed to talk about something because. The, the weather is getting so wild, and yeah. so we wanted to know why, and we learned the oceans were a huge part of that. I mean, we knew that, but we said maybe we should start looking into this and covering it and find someone who can put together an article with, you know, the right background who could give us expert knowledge. So, uh, you know, we thought it was a, it's a pun, but a current topic. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and so wild weather is, of course, something that's affecting us, including all the fires with, you know, Hawaii and, of course, Canada and that. Is that something in a future edition, perhaps, or do you have any ideas what's what's next on the docket? Oh, at our last editorial meeting, we did start talking about the, uh, the wildfires and why and in some ways um, how things grow back after that. I mean, that might be a different focus rather than why they're happening, but what happens afterwards? And that goes back, I think, to the importance of planting natives and things to establish the the new, the areas back to maybe what they were before, because I think that's part of the issue is they've they've changed and we get all these invasives and that sort of thing. Exactly, exactly. And um, some things after uh, wildfires, they will regenerate themselves. And it's just, you know, we have to know which ones we can count on for that and how we can increase planting those types of things. We are talking with Sarah Perot, who is the senior editor of the Old Farmer's Almanac, and about the weather and how oceans are, currents are changing because of our climate change and that sort of thing. And you said some of this information is available online. You don't necessarily have to have the physical copy in your hand, correct? That's right. If you go to almanac.com, we have an entire weather section. Even if you just want to look up your forecast for the next month, you can do that, or we have a lot of weather-related articles um, and also gardening information, recipes, home remedies, um, all kinds of great stuff. Okay, and is the copy out now? Are they out at this point? or 
Yeah, the 2024 Old Farmer's Almanac is available everywhere. Books and magazines are sold. If you can't find it yet, uh, it just came out this week, you can always find it, a copy at almanac.com or there's always Amazon. Anything else you'd like folks to know, Sarah? Oh, I just hope that everybody would like to pick up a copy and that <laughs> this year we've got the Old Farmer's Almanac for Kids, Volume 10, oh. that has come out at the same time as the Almanac. So I'd love for, you know, everybody to pick that one up as well. Very good. We appreciate your time, Sarah. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner, member NCUA, more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.